Hey guys, welcome back to the Head Up Rugby League podcast. Today we're joined with Josh as always, and we've got our first first sir on the podcast, Sir Peter Leach. How are you, man? I'm good, brother. Good. Had a bit of a problem trying to connect, but that's, you know, when you get old, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the people in the, the past we've interviewed have a bit of a technical problem, so we're just glad to get you on and uh, can't Can wait to... Can the volume up a little bit? It's hard for me to hear you. Oh, um... <laughs> yeah, we'll try that. We'll try. We'll see, right. if it's, see if that's working. All I'll right. listen carefully. <laughs> what we like to do at the start of every podcast is go through a set of six, so six quick fire questions, and we'll just run through. So just they're just yes or no, or just like first word that pops into your head sort yeah. of questions. So yeah. uh, we'll get it started. All right, your favorite fast food. My what? Favorite fast food. What? Favorite. <laughs> Fast food, like... Uh, oh, fast food. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, look, I'll go Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, good choice, good choice. All right, New South Wales or Queen- Queensland? Oh, yes, good choice, good choice. Uh, Favourite vacation spot or holiday spot? Oh, here's the island. Oh, what a, what a choice, what a choice. All right, your premier predictions for 2022. Vodafone Warriors to win the Premiership. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, bring back the Biff, yes or no? Definitely. Oh, that's the one. And last one, your favourite music artist? Elvis Presley, the king. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't another mother hound dog. <laughs> the young fella wouldn't know that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sweet. So we like to do a trivia at the start to sort of get our guests used to it. So obviously you're a big Warriors fan. We'll ask you, which team have the Warriors scored their most points against of all time? I pass. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a tough one, yeah. <laughs> well, no, my memory's gone. Yeah. So you can ask me the quiz, but I don't know how I'll do. <laughs> Go on, ask me another question. Um, On the spot. Top point score for the Warriors. Give you an easy one. God, it used to be John Kerwin at one stage. Who was it these days? Sean Johnson. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I'm yeah. not going to argue with you. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. Do you know who John Kerwin is? Yeah, yeah, the All Blacks. Yeah. yeah. Warriors. In actual, in actual fact, Monty Beatham had him on his show. Yeah. Last Ooh. night. Very good interview. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm told about coming from rugby union to rugby league. Yeah, it was very good. Mm. Uh, uh, starting it off, you've always been about helping other people and just wanting to throw, your, throw yourself out there, throwing fundraisers, sponsoring. And in 1991, uh, you were awarded the Queen's Service Medal for charitable work. How special was that uh, medal to be awarded? It was very special because... It was something I didn't... I don't, you don't do things to get things. You do it because you want to do it. You know what I mean? And um, to get recognised, you know, was, was pretty special. Mm. And uh, I always remember a particular radio host, I don't remember his name now, said on the radio, well, the man which has finally got it. He's been awarded the queer sausage maker. <laughs> and, oh, there was a, a lot of laughs. You couldn't say that today. It could be 2BC now. Mm. Um, but no, look, it was, it was special, uh, and to go to to go to Government House and get it, because yeah. I'm from Newtown, 
and my grandma used to live by government house, so it was it was very special. Yes, definitely. And just before you mentioned, you're a big fan of Elvis Presley. So how how did you get into that? Was it your parents' influence or? Oh no no no! When I grew up, he was the king. You know, he was it was yeah. rock and roll, and he was the man. And you know, Heartbreak Hotel, Jailhouse Rock, Hound Dog. You know, it was great. I mean, I've got quite a good Elvis collection, actually. A lot of people, a lot of people have seen my Warrior collection, but not many people have seen my Elvis collection, and it's pretty. I can't show you. Um, it's I've even got stuff down here. We're coming to you live from Waiheke Island, and so there. <laughs> And I've got some Elvis stuff down here, but you can't see it, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 So how did you end up in the butchery scene? Obviously, it's an interesting sort of career, but how did you get into it? Well, when you're not very bright, I still don't know me up with a punch tape, but you've got to take whatever jobs come along. Mm-hmm. And there was a job advertised for a butcher's boy in Seatoon in Wellington in a place called Terminus Butchery. And there was no apprenticeship. I went along there. And I'll be honest with you, the first day I started, I was too bloody scared to hop in the fridge. <laughs> I didn't want to pick the lambs right up. So my boss said to me, you're not going to have a bloody very good future in butchery, mate, you know. And uh, it grew on me and the rest is history, mate. You know, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful journey and the trade's been very good to me. And, you know, you've... you've, you've Liam said before, you know, I've done a lot for other people. Well, without the butcher shops, I could never have done it because they gave me the income to do what I done, you know. But uh, I've had many jobs. I was a grave digger in Puera Cemetery here in Auckland. Uh, yeah, but butchering was my passion, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the Mad Butcher name's iconic. How did that name come about? Is there a story behind it? A very good story. There used to be a guy on radio You'd be too young to know this, because his name was Tim Bickerstaff. He was on Radio Pacific when it first started. He had a sports show at night. And um, a guy rang me up, and he said, Butch, are you listening to Pacific? I said, no. He said, oh, Bickerstaff's bag in Mangry East. <laughs> so me got on the phone and said, hey, what are you doing? And uh, we ended up on air having a bet, you know. I said, I'll drop a check off. But I didn't know he was a professional gambler because I didn't have a lot of money in those days. And a bloke rang me the next morning. There were no mobile phones. He said, hey, Butch, you know that guy's a bloody professional gambler, don't you? And I said, no, I don't. And I left a blank check there, signed. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Anyhow, it, he, it was $100. He filled it out for $100. And I lost, lost a couple of bets. And then I went, always went to the, I think it was the... Uh, Oh, the Wirri Trust Hotel and the private bar to pay him. And this particular night, a guy sung out. Well, he said to me, i got to think, can't remember. <laughs> I, I went to pay him this debt and he said, you ever thought about advertising? I said, well, not really. So the next night I went back to him and I said, well, if I didn't gamble with you, I could spend that money on advertising. He said, you need a gimmick. And with that, a guy walked into the bar and said, there's the Epic Mad Butcher. <laughs> so I said to Tim Bickerstaff, that will do me. Yeah. <laughs> and the name, the name, he said, you can't use the F for it, but you can call it Mad Butcher. So we started off, it was called um, Rosella Meets the Home of the Mad Butcher. And then another guy in radio called Gordon Dryden said to me one day, you really want to have one name 
or the other doesn't work with two. So then I dropped the Rosella Meats and called it a mad butcher and it became an iconic brand. I remember a big advertising executive ringing me one day and he said, look, you can't repeat this. He said, but we've been, we've been engaged to, to organise sponsorship for this big event, and I'm not going to mention the event because it was very popular in Auckland. He said, but, mate, we're having trouble. Everyone thinks you're the major major advertiser. He said, do you realise your brand is so strong? It's nearly as good as Coca-Cola in this country. But, <coughs> pardon me, I used to do any radio interview anyone wanted. If they were desperate, I, they'd bring me out, and I'd go on it because it was all publicity for me. Was never Peter Leach. Was always the Mad Butcher. Mm. So yeah, it's been a good brand. Mm. <coughs> Definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so now talking a bit about rugby league. So rugby league's been a massive passion of yours. What got you into the sport? Here again, I my first butcher shop was in Rosella Road, Mangry. Yeah. And the local chairman of the club, Mangry's Talks, used to come and buy meat. He said to me one day, "Why don't you sponsor us?" I said, well, if you tell me what sponsor is, I'll give it a bit of thought. I had no idea, mate. And um, I come from a working-class family, and I knew nothing about that sort of thing. So um, we started off, I gave them a few meat packs. And one day, he said, why don't you come down the club and meet a few of the guys? I went down there, there's strict line, read out the cork bottle. And I thought, oh, do me. And it was mostly Mary Island guys, working-class guys, my sort of people. And that's where the love for rugby league started. Mm. Yeah. And, and look, we often, when I see some of the former Mangarese boys, we often joke and say, can you bloody believe I went on to manage the carries to victory? <laughs> I, think, you know, I, I can name drop with the best when it comes to rugby league. I can, you know, personal friends with uh, Gordon Tallis, Andrew Johns, you know, um, and that's not big note. Actually, they are mates. I've had Andrew Johns and uh, Gordon Tallis to Waiheke, you know, great guys. Um, but, you know, as well as Kiwi guys, you know, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson flew over here the other week for a wedding after their last game. He was best man at his mate's wedding. In a long story short, a couple of fights got delayed and he got here not in time for the actual ceremony, but he was able to make the speech. Because he wanted to go home because his wife and daughter are still here in New Zealand, he missed the last bus to the uh, wharf. And so the security guard, and the security guard only told me this today, to be fair. He took Shane, he took Sean to the wharf, and Sean put his hand on his shoulder when they got to the wharf and said, make sure if you see the butcher, you tell him I love him and keep well. Yeah, Sean's a lovely guy, lovely guy. So, you know, I, I just met, it, it's unbelievable the journey I've had. I mean, Jesus, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's how I got involved, through the Mangrish Talks. Yeah. You obviously threw your support to the Warriors early. What's it like seeing a club like that starting off and then being for such a long history? Can I ask you how old you are, Josh? 19. 19, you're a baby. Yeah, yeah. You weren't even born when we started. I know, yeah. I remember as a rugby league fan, standing on the bank of our first game and crying. You might say to me, Josh, well, why would you cry? Mate, I could not believe that many people would come to a rugby league game. Mm. Mount Smart Stadium was packed to the gunnels, packed to the gunnels. And for rugby league, we'd never seen, we'd, we'd packed Carlow Park out, but Carlow Park didn't hold that many people, you know. 
It was incredible. It was a, uh, and to see the team run out, you know, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I've got a photo of Dean Bell up there, actually. Well, not a photo, it's a character. I mean, uh, he runs a motel over the shore now. But just an incredible night. And, and the journey's been incredible, you know. And in those early days, rugby and league were that far apart. But they've come together a long way, you know. And there was a time, and John Kerwin said this on the TV last night, there was a, a bit of, uh, I don't know the word he used, but a bit of uh, anti-league in rugby circles. But I sponsored university, and I had a small sponsorship at university rugby. And, uh, yeah, I love all sports, but rugby league is my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the first game is a big highlight for all Warriors fans. What's some other highlights that stand out in the Warriors' journey? Oh, for me, taking the Prime Minister to the the grand final in 2011, John Key. Not every day you get to uh, take the Prime Minister to the grand final. And particularly, you know, after the game, it takes you an hour and a half to get to the game. Well... After the game, I got in the Prime Minister's car and was back in town in 10 minutes and I left my wife at the bloody stadium. Yeah, I wasn't too popular for a few days, I can tell you. Um, look, I've had many, uh, you know, lovely moments. Uh, I've had players do nice things for me and, yeah, it's hard to pick. But I, I would say that the opening night was one and the other is going going. The club sent me in 2002, I think we were in a semi-final or grand final, I can't remember, and they sent me over as the advance guard. And I was like a rock star, all these people wanted to interview me and that, you know. (laughs) And the thing about me, I don't know a lot about rugby league. You see, what people don't realise, for me, to build my business, I had to be focused and work really hard because I was swimming against the tide. I was battling the supermarkets. I was battling the fact that I wasn't, you know, really intelligent, you know. And so I was swimming against the tide. So rugby league, for me, was my, re, you know, re, my relaxation. Yeah. And so I've never I've never wanted to know all the rules of that, you know. Um, there's other ways you can get on. and But, you know, I, I have plenty of people know a bloody... I was literally going to swear then, a lot more about rugby league than I do, you know. But with passion, I'm right up there with the best. And the one thing I don't like being called is the number one fan because that's very unfair. We have so many good fans out there, and I'm lucky. I've met a lot of them, beautiful fans. I might be the highest profile supporter they've got because of my media coverage and all that sort of carry-on, but... I'm certainly not the number one. There are plenty of people out there that, you know, deserve that title. Yeah. Yeah. I always wondered why the number 19 jersey was retired, and it's for you, eh? You got the jersey retired for you. Is that true? That's 100% true. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I'm i amazed myself, to be fair, that that's <laughs> nice. Um, I, I, I believe they should have given that to Stacey Jones because he's, the, you know, the icon of the club. But they decided to do that. And they also gave me, which I don't have it with me because I didn't know we were, I thought, funny enough, I thought we were going to be talking about the Tong and rugby game coming up. <laughs> um, so I don't know where I got that from. It shows you how bright I am. Um, they, 
let me just think. They, we had a function and they got me on stage. And if you play 100 games, you get a ring, okay? Now, why they give players rings, I don't know, because half the players never wear them. But they, So they gave me that ring and then they named the 19 jersey after me. And earlier this year, when the team came out, they named the player number 19. And let me tell you, the verbial hit the fan. <laughs> Not by me, yeah. but by other people. Got hold of the club. What are you doing? The push is number 19. <laughs> and uh, the manager, who's a lovely guy, a lovely guy, said, oh, that was a mistake. Someone made a mistake there, you know, but yeah. yeah. So you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask. I think it was Mick Watson that gave it to me. Yeah. But I think it was just recognition, uh, you know, for what I've done for the game and the club, you know. Yeah, yeah well, the Warriors have had, again, you've said amazing players over the years. Do you have a couple favourites or a couple of people that stand out over the years? Oh, Stacey Jones, of course. His birthday's May the 7th, mine's May the 8th. For his uh, 21st birthday, I took him out to it. It's, it's a restaurant in Parnell. It's closed now. I took the coach, the CEO, the trainer. It took about 10. I got that. I got that drunk. Took two of them to put me in a taxi. Um, everyone had a few, I can tell you. And I took him 21 presents and he didn't want to open them in the restaurant. I said, no, you got to bloody open them. And he had to open them because he... Stacey's a very humble and a little bit shy, to be fair. Yeah. But we had a great night. We often talk about it, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he would be one. Uh, Jason Beth, you know, he, 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 lived, he lived at my home for some time and we stay in contact. Kevin Campion stayed at my place for a couple of months. You know, another great guy. You know, big tough man on the field, pussycat off the field. And every <laughs> every night when the dishes were ready to be done, he would get a phone call. What uh, oh, no. he'd do, he used to push his little button, send his wife a message, and she'd ring. Yeah, so he didn't have to do the dishes. But mm-hmm. look, to be honest, I've never met a, a, a player I didn't like mm. in the Warriors. Uh, and I've got on well with most of them. You don't get close to every one of them because it's just impossible, you know what I mean? But certainly there have been some like, you know, Stacey, Arwen, uh, Motu Tony uh, that I've got close to over the years, you know. And still, I still stay in touch with a lot of players, you know. Uh, there's one guy, oh, I can't remember his name now. He wasn't a high-profile player, but he came over to Waiheke for a motion. And from that, we've just stayed in touch and he's living in Rome or somewhere now playing rugby league of all the places, you know. But no, it, look, for me personally, it's been a wonderful journey. Absolutely wonderful. In actual fact, that's a, uh, that's a trophy there. Special award. Special achievement award, 2001, to Peter Charles Leach, QSM, the wow. 19th warrior. That's awesome. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Mad Butcher Club was a staple at Mount Smart. It was. It was sad to see the the doors closed. What? What? Who were some of like the notable names that went to your box? Oh, mate. I've had Prime Ministers, mm. Alan Clark, John Key. I've had the, the the bosses of the NRL. The thing is. 
My lounge was not PC, and that's why I gave it away. I gave it away about two or three months before lockdown, before COVID. I decided we're too PC now, so, you know, I'm old school, I'm 78, you know, and uh, we've done that. We had a couple of reunions. Um, but I used to get, I remember I had, one, two, three, I've had four lounges that I've had to use, you know, mm. and um, I remember one night we got the whole Melbourne storm up the lounge, you know. I had no, we've, uh, we've uh, had some great people and players, you know, Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis reckoned my last lounge, which was in the uh, West End, would be one of the best views to watch a game, you know. Um, and, and what's the club, what, what the club's done <clears throat> for our first home game this year, they want me to have that lounge again. Yeah. Oh. But I won't have all my memorabilia in there because that's all gone. But we're going to have a bit of fun anyhow, you know. Mm. And, uh, I mean, God, we used to have some fun, you know. <laughs> and I, I used to have a sign up. When we're on the mic, no talking. Yeah. And you'd be surprised I'd have to abuse because I always said the players didn't have to come up. They come up because they wanted to come up. And so we had to show them respect and listen to what they had. And you'd be surprised at people like that. One bloke actually cried one night. He cried because I told him off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 So a lot of great memories, but certainly a lot of good people. Um, the Minister of Police, Judith Collins, come up once because I, I was patron of a policeman and I, I took them all to a game, you know, and yeah. she come. We had a lot of MPs and that's what. Because to be fair, it become the place to be seen. You know, Mount Smart. It was people wanted to come. You know, and you can only have, I think, two hundred and twenty-five in the room under health and safety. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, but a lot of great memories. Yeah. Yeah. I remember for my thirteenth birthday, I I'm from Wellington. My dad flew me up to Auckland. I went into the lounge. So yeah, it was. I just loved the memorabilia there, and it was awesome seeing the players after a game. Yeah. It's awesome. Whereabouts are you in Wellington, Josh? Uh, I'm in Johnsonville, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I was down there last week to a funeral. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 So I, I'm a Newtown boy. Yeah. 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 So you got up there, and how old were you? I think it was my 13th birthday, and you gave me, like, a cap and stuff, and it was awesome, so thank you for that. Yeah, and um, I swore a lot, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we say to people it's not... It's not ideal. For, it's not a lounge suitable for children. Yeah. But if you want to bring your children, you can bring them. And there's one guy who's a really nice guy. He's got two boys, and he brings them. And uh, I'm going to have some fun with them uh, on the third uh, of July because they're good kids, and they're, they're about fourteen or fifteen now. But from early days, they used to give me assholes. They'd run around when I was on the bike and this, you know. But we never, we never tried to. Uh, offend people um we might have embarrassed them you know but it was all in good humor and i i tell you the thing that i'm proud about when i closed that lounge someone said why don't we have a reunion butch you know like a farewell so we had a farewell at lsd and 98 percent of the lounge members come they had to pay of course you know we had a night we had a couple of guest artists but then what happened one of them, a couple of them said to me, we'd like to come to Waiheke to watch the game, which 
and 90% of the lounge come over. Now, they have to pay their fares, you know, and they there was a meal being supplied they had to pay for, and that's how much the lounge meant to people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to show you, I'm, I'm also a rugby man. That's Ponsonby Rugby there. Ponsonby Rugby. I can't show you that. That's all right. No, it's all right. You'll have to take my word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going, going back a bit, um, people know you as well for the – you managed the Kiwis in 2005. What was that like? That that's, must have been an awesome experience doing that. It was like being in heaven, mate. Yeah. We're going – we're leaving to go and a guy comes up to me who I respect in rugby league, knows a bit about rugby league. He said, Butch, you're wasting your time, mate. You've got no show over there. And you know, I panicked a little bit. I said to Brian McLennan on the plane, I said, yeah, bloke just told me we've got no bloody show. Brian said, don't you worry, Butch. We love winning. And um, to beat Australia 24-0 in the final was unbelievable. No one predicted it, not even the mad Butcher predicted it, you know, but we did. And uh, we had a, a lovely get-together when we got back here. I took them to, uh, oh, there's a... a a restaurant downtown. It's it's a good restaurant, but it's not a fancy restaurant. It, it's good uh, seafood and that. And I remember one player said, "Oh, they got oysters, Butch. Can I have some?" I said, "Of course you can. I'll have three dozen." He said to the waiter, "Yeah." <laughs> but we had a great time. It was uh, very special, mate. And Brian McLennan, great man. Ruben Wicky was the captain. Another fan, fantastic fella. But let me tell you, it's not easy being the manager. You got to be strict. Mm. I had to tell a few players, we're not here for a bloody holiday, we're here to win. If you don't like it, you can go bloody home, you know. Um, but certainly in 2006, we just got good. I put, I put uh, a book out, The Year the Kiwis Flew, and uh, if I had known, I would have had a copy here to show you. Um, and that sold quite a bit, told the journey through. Because yeah. Yeah. we, I can't tell you Pacifics, but the road to victory wasn't easy. We had a couple of setbacks. We got hammered in a game, you know, had to come back from that. And But the main thing is, in the series, people only remember the final. Correct. 24-0. And some league people that have been around league longer than I have said that was the turning point for rugby league. We Things started to pick up then. Yeah. Mm. Great memories. Yeah, so um, how, how do you feel about a potential second New Zealand rugby league team? And do you, where do you think it should be? Do you think it should be in Wellington or somewhere else? Or Well, personally, I don't see that. I don't think the game's big enough here yet for two teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you, you've got to have sponsorship. You've got to have people through the term stuff. And even the Warriors the last few years, we don't we have making sell our crowds, you know. I... Um, John Kerwin, you should go back and listen to John Kerwin on Sky TV interviewing John Kerwin last night. It does replay during the week. John Kerwin said, one of the, uh, Ian Robson, the CEO of the Warriors, got there one day. And he said, don't ever let me catch you ever drinking a a drink apart from DB Bitter, (laughs) which wasn't a great drink, to be fair. 
wages, you know. And I, my personal choice would be the South Island people. I mean, not everyone can afford to come up to Auckland and fly up or drive up. It's a hell of a drive, you know what I mean? And so it would be uh, fair to put it in Christchurch. But I, don't, I just don't think the game's big enough, you know. And COVID... COVID has put a real spoke in the wheels in, a, in more ways than one, you know. Mm. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think due to COVID as well? Just bringing that up, a lot of players uh, from the Warriors won't want to come home to New Zealand or want to stay in Australia. Do you know, I can't answer that question because I don't know half the players. I I, yeah. I hardly know any of the players. You know, um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's embarrassing to admit it, but they're in Australia right here. Yeah. Um, look, I think the Kiwi players will want to come home. Um, but look, who knows? I mean, COVID's very strange. Look, I, I just spoke to a neighbour up the road. I hadn't seen her for a while. He said, I've been crook as a dog with COVID. See, one of the things that scares me, a lot of people have got arrogant and, and think COVID's all over. But COVID's not over. It's still there and you have to be careful. You know, um, when will it go away? Who knows? I mean, geez, it's a nightmare, you know. Um, yeah, see, I, I was nervous flying to Wellington the other week for this funeral, you know. Uh, but anyhow, we did. I'm still here and I haven't got COVID here. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, just before we wrap up, um, I know you've said it over a lot of your career and you must get us asked this a lot, but could you say the Mad Butcher slogan for us? Hold myself up there, boys. <laughs> Get your old mate, the Mad Butcher. You can't beat the Mad Butcher's meat. And they got rump steak at six ninety nine a kilo. Oh, yeah, some money back guarantee. Only the Mad Butcher, the best in the world. Yeah. Let's go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Nice yeah. to meet you both. Yeah, thank, now, thank you. Now, Josh, yeah. I want you to text me your address okay. and I'll send you down a current warrior post. Now, you're not going to get one, man, because you haven't got a warrior top thing yeah. on. Awesome. Uh, I'm a Newcastle Knights fan, <laughs> so... Uh... Oh, 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 bang, bang. <laughs> um, so But, Josh, no, I'll send you one from as well, Josh. Awesome, well, you, thank Where you. do you live, Liam? Uh, I'm I'm in Auckland. I'm in the over in the West Harbour, Hobsonville area. Okay. Well, if you both send me a address, I'll send you a poster, Rich. Um, awesome. Nice to talk to you, boys. Keep smiling. Yeah. And remember this: it's only a game. No one died, and yeah. we get to play a game the next week. Because a lot of people get upset. I've had a lot of people contact me about the worst, and there's no question. Last week it wasn't good. But am I going to lose any sleep over it? No, I'm not, because no one died. And that's how I got to know Graham Henry. When he lost the World Cup, I told him that. But anyhow, nice to talk to you both. Stay well, stay safe, and go the mighty Vodafone Warriors. Yes. Recording.